want to welcome our Davidson crowd, everybody that's joining us. If you have your copy of God's Word, if you'll take that out and turn to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 19. This certainly has been, I'm just going to use the phrase, an unusual season. An, un an unusual season. We started out with a global pandemic and then the stock market was cut almost in half and then the economy was doing its thing and then you had and then you had the murder the, the murder hornets and then you had the issues of race and injustice and then back to round two of the pandemic here's what's crazy y'all the year has been so crazy you almost forgot about murder hornets like, how nuts does the year have to have been for you to be, oh, oh yeah, we had murder hornets, and we forgot about them. Like, this has been an unusual season. Go ahead, go ahead, as you're, as you're watching online, as you're joining online, type in unusual. Just type in that word. If you're taking notes, just write unusual at the top of your note sheet. I, I want to go to the book of Acts, chapter 19, and go, go ahead and check me on this. Go ahead and fact check your pastor on this. You may not be able to do it right now, but just get the, uh, get the connotation and write down the verses and see if I'm not preaching truth to you right out of the book of Acts. And I'm just, I'm just all I'm doing is I'm describing the context. I'm just going to describe to you the circumstances that the early church was facing in Acts chapter 19. Number one. So this is just straight out of the Bible. Number one, the church was forced out of their meeting place and had to find alternative avenues for communicating the gospel. Number two, people were saying and doing things in the name of Jesus that had nothing to do with Jesus. Come on, can you say amen to that? Did you ever hear, you ever, you ever just want to wear like a, a, a t-shirt that has an arrow like, I'm not with this Christian? Anyways, I'll move, I'll move on. I'll move on. Number, number three, I'm just talking about the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 19, in verses 23 to 27, there was an economic crisis. Number four, there was a citywide riot. This is, all, this is all in one chapter, by the way. One chapter. Number five. There was an issue of racial tension. Number six, the prevailing emotion was confusion. Number seven, people were shouting at each other, and most of them didn't even know why they were shouting. Can you say amen to that? Y'all, tell, tell me this book is not relevant. Does that sound vaguely familiar? Say yes. Like, tell me that every problem that we are facing, that God's word does not only describe the problem, it has the answer. Now, I don't mean to, I'm going to get myself in a little bit of trouble, but let me say something and then we back out of trouble. You don't need this book and a blog. You don't need, I thought I would not get shouted down for that. But you don't need this book and a podcast. Now, hear your pastor. I, lo I love podcasts and books and blogs and research, and I'm, I'm not anti that. But I'm just saying, if you had to, 
If you had to live, if this was the only book, the only resource that you had available to you in 2020, I promise you, you could make it based on this book alone. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Either God's word is sufficient for everything that you are going through today or it's not. And I believe that it is. And so what's crazy is that it was in the midst of all of, of, all of that mess. Like right in the middle of all of that mess one of the greatest citywide revivals in all of the book of Acts was taking place. And, and I, know, I know what you may be thinking because it's how my mind would go. is like, yeah, that was all the stuff before the revival. And then, and then Pastor Gwen, the revival came and all of that stuff went away. But you and Pastor Stever are studying the book of Acts. You know that's not true. You know that's not true. You know that revival sometimes doesn't get rid of the mess. Y'all, sometimes, I got to be honest with you, sometimes revival stirs up the mess. Sometimes revival is messy, and we can get the wrong thing in our minds of like, well, we want revival, and everything evil in the world is going to go away, and all the bad stuff's going to go away. Someday that it will be true. It's when Jesus returns, but in the midst of this, I'm talking about revival in the middle of the mess. My God doesn't need perfect circumstances to do a perfect work he doesn't need a perfect government he doesn't need perfect situations he doesn't need my God can bring revival in the middle of chaos and sometimes again sometimes a move of God will stir things up and then you got to walk with wisdom through what see I believe spirit spiritually things are being stirred up you feel, you know this. I said that and immediately you said, I feel that. I know that. Spiritually, you can feel the warfare going on around. Things are being stirred up in the spirit realm, in the heavenlies. They've been laying dormant. It's not that they weren't there. They were always there. Spiritual realities are always there. But right now, they're being stirred up. And this is what we need. We need in the middle of the mess, Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. And God was doing unusual. Say unusual. And God was doing unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. I'll tell you what we don't need right now. We don't need business as usual. I'm telling you what we don't need right now. We don't need church as usual. We don't need Christianity as usual. We don't need worship as usual. We don't need a prayer life as usual. We don't need giving as usual. Church, we need an unusual move of God because unusual circumstances call for an unusual people to rise up with an unusual anointing to combat what is going on in the spirit right now this is a spiritual battle and we will respond to spiritual battles with an unusual anointing I need all the unusual people to say amen I want to preach I want to preach a little bit about the unusual season the unusual season I want to believe during this time that this church would experience more unusual miracles than we have ever experienced before. 
I, I want to believe. Y'all, I'm, on, I'm not talking in theory. I'm telling you, and I can't tell you what yet, but I am on page three. Four months ago, three months ago, I just wrote COVID miracles at the top of my journal, and I'm keeping a list of every miracle that God has done during this season that would have been amazing in any season, but during this season, it is above and beyond and miraculous, and I want you to begin to expect in your business, in your family, in your calling, in your ministry, I need you to keep a COVID miracle list on your refrigerator, in your journal, in your Bible, just just write unusual miracles. Find something in your phone. Write unusual miracles. And I need for you to begin to expect God to do the unusual. This is an unusual season. And unusual seasons call for unusual responses. Unusual times need, need several things. They need an unusual God. An unusual God. The first part of that verse says this. And God was doing unusual miracles. Isn't it comforting to know that, that our God specializes in the unusual? Cre- creating the universe in seven days, that's unusual. Nine-foot giants falling with one stone, that's a bit unusual. A sea parting and over a million people walking through on dry land, unusual. An army of tens of thousands falling to an army of 300, unusual. Dead bones coming to life, unusual. Oil that never runs out, unusual. Blind eyes opening, unusual. Paralytics walking, unusual. A tomb bursting open on the third day is unusual. When did you ever think that Christianity was usual? This is, this is the most unusual book filled with unusual miracles, and we're going to begin to expect the unusual. I didn't say weird. This is not a sermon. Don't misinterpret your pastor. This is not permission for you to be weird. This is permission to you for, for you to have an unusual faith that believes God for incredible things, an unusual Season needs an unusual church. So it says God did the unusual miracles, but it also says these unusual miracles were by the hands of Paul. Unless you think that Paul was some super spiritual person, that that verse can't be translated to you. Can I remind you who Paul was? Can I remind you of his past? He was a murderer of Christians. He was a persecutor of people following the truth of of Jesus. If God can use Paul's hands, I promise you he can use your hands. Unusual miracles need an unusual church with unusual faith to believe for unusual power of God. That word unusual, that word unusual, this is what it means. It means three, three things, right? These Write these down. It means to happen to find oneself in the scene of life that the Lord has already prepared. And then it means to become ready. And it also means to hit the bullseye. 
It means to happen to find oneself in the scene of life that the Lord has already prepared. It means to become ready, and it means to hit the bullseye. I love those phrases, to happen to find oneself in the scene of life that the Lord has already prepared. I think, I think Pastor Kevin, that's how when people say, like, how you doing? How you doing today? First of all, that's a loaded question today. Have you noticed, have you noticed that? Like, that, that, can, that can just be, how are you doing? Do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? That's a loaded question. But I think this would be a great response when somebody asks, hey, how are you doing? I'll tell you how I'm doing. I am happening to find myself in the scene of life that the Lord has already prepared. Because I know that you, here's what I know about you. You wouldn't have chosen this scene. I mean, unless you are some, like, unless you're writing a movie script that was so far, Pastor Steve the other day, Pastor Steve the other day, by the way, um, Pastor Steve and Pastor John uh, and Pastor Zach brought the house down these past two weeks. I was, I was watching, uh, joining with y'all from online. I was on, on vacation the past couple of Sundays. They, they preached the house down. So thankful for them. But Pastor Steve said, you know, he walked in Tuesday morning, staff chapel. He walks in, he says, you know, suddenly the, the movie uh, Sharknado does not seem so unrealistic anymore. <laughs> like, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have chosen this scene. Choose, remember the, the Choose Your Own Adventure books? You would not have chosen this adventure. And so, because we would not have chosen this scene, we can have the tendency to think, that God is caught off guard by all of this. Can I remind you, can I remind you that you serve a God that is not caught off guard by any of this? That we are happening to find ourselves in the scene of life that God has already prepared. And that means that if he has already prepared the scene, then he's already prepared you. He's prepared you for today. He's prepared you for today. You already have all the joy that you need for today. You already have all the strength that you need for today. You already have all the provision that you need for today. You already have all the peace that you need for today. This scene, don't jump scenes. Tell somebody don't jump scenes. Don't jump scenes. Some of you are stressed and you're anxious because you're trying to allocate today's peace for next week. That's a word for somebody. You're trying to, you are trying to allocate today's joy for a problem that you haven't even faced yet next Thursday. God's provision is good for you today, and he will give you fresh manna for tomorrow. Why worry about tomorrow? Does God not take care of the sparrow? Does he not take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field? And are you not more valuable than they are? God has given everything you need to survive and to thrive in this scene say this scene this scene I'm happening how you doing I'm happening to find myself in the scene of life that my God has already prepared and if he's prepared the scene then he's prepared me and he's prepared every resource that I need to carry out this scene and so then we need to be let's go on to the second part of this then we need what was the second part of that it was to be ready to be ready to be ready. Can I remind you, like I had to remind my 7-8 CCYA uh, Little League team several years ago to be ready every single pitch, every 
between sometimes multiple times. Like you'd think, you'd think at some point, you'd think at some point the ready position would become like just part of, like part of every, every, y'all, we did not win one game. Not one game that year. In fact, if you go back into the record books and do some fact-checking, I think that you will find we scored something like 42 runs and the other teams collectively scored something like 140-plus runs. It was awful. It was a disaster. And we just kept having to remind. I called. I had to call a parent after a game, and I had to apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for yelling at your kids so intensely. The kid, here's what happened, just it's to explain myself. The ball was hit into the outfield, and the kid went up, and he picked the ball. That's a good first start, except when you're running around the base, having the ball in baseball. Here's the rules of baseball. You can't, Brian, you can't, your son's playing college ball next year. You can't just hold up the baseball and, hey, time out. Time out, I'm in right field, I got, the, I got the ball, time out. No, it doesn't work like that. You actually have to throw the ball back in. And so he picked up the ball and was apparently thrilled that he had the ball in his hand. And so uh, seven, eight coaches are allowed out in the field. So I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, throw the ball. Hey, throw the ball, throw the ball. Like this went on for a little while. I'm like a foot from his face back when you could be that close to another human being. I'm yelling at him, throw the ball, throw the ball. You know, he's running with the ball. He wasn't ready. You got to live, you got to live ready. Like every day, every play, every sermon, every devotion, every prayer, we've got to be ready Two, what's the final part of that? To hit the bullseye, to hit the bullseye. Now watch this, I'm gonna set somebody free right now. I'm gonna set somebody free by the word of God. You're gonna hit the bullseye. Why do, how do I know that you're gonna hit the bullseye? Here's how I know, because watch this. You're not the archer. You're the arrow. You're the arrow. See, if I was the archer, I can't describe how stressed I would be if I was the archer. Those of you in leadership positions and management, like if you're the, I'm sorry, like if you're the archer, if you're in control of directing your company, if you're in control of directing the sales and marketing team, like if you're in control of growing your business in this climate, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine the stress, right? Because I know a couple of things. I know that there are 3,218 targets out there at any given moment, and everybody around you has a different opinion on which target you should be shooting at. Do, do you, how many of you found that to be true? Like, I, if I was the archer, I wouldn't even know where to aim. Hey, aim at this target. No, you got to aim at this. We got to fix the economy. No, we got to go over here and we got to deal with this problem. We got to know all of that. And then, and then the other thing, the other thing is this. Have you found that just as soon as you think that you've zeroed in on the problem, on the target that you're shooting at, the target disappears 
and reappears in another location that you didn't even, like, I remember when this thing started out, and we were on a Sunday morning, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I got a solution. This is the Holy Spirit's giving me insight. We're going to do this as a church. And literally, 12, I went to bed, and I woke up, and that solution, y'all, that solution was not even an option. Have you, found, have you found not only that there's a lot of targets out there, but as soon as you zero, think you zeroed in on, on the target, it disappears. Thank God you're not the archer. Thank God you're not in charge of shooting. You're the arrow. And so here's what an arrow does. An arrow, a good arrow, lives a good, straight the holy life and just says, God, use me. Shoot me wherever you want me to go. God, I'm in your hands. God, you aim me. You release me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fly. I'm ready to make a difference. I'm ready to make a dent in the enemy's camp. I'm ready. I'm re- Do you hear that? I'm ready. I am happening to find myself in the scene of life that my God has already prepared and And so I'm the stone. God, you're the slingshot. Shoot me at the forehead of the giant. Take down injustice by me. Take down racism by me. Take down a problem by me. God, I'm the arrow. Come on, all the arrows said amen. We need an unusual God using an unusual church to do unusual things. Miracles, unusual miracles. So, so watch this now. The, the second part of that verse during this crazy time in the book of Acts, God was using the hands of Paul to do unusual miracles so that even handkerchiefs or aprons <laughs> that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil all that evil that was stirred up came out of them tell you what I see here can I tell you what I see in this passage I see a God whose miracle working power is not limited by being physically distanced do you see that do you see that I know I know I know somebody's watching from a hospital bed right now and I know you're saying something like, Pastor, I want, I want to be here. I know you do. I know you do. And we, we want you here too. But God's power is not limited by being physically distant. I know somebody's watching from a kitchen or a living room right now. And you need to know that you didn't stumble across this YouTube stream by accident that you are listening to the voice through a preacher but it's 
we believe that, that it's the voice of God coming to you that is reminding you that you are listening to a God that is not limited by being physically distant. Now, we're going, we're going to pray in just a moment, in just a moment. And I believe that there are multiples watching who are going to experience healing in just a moment. I believe that there are multiples watching that are going to experience, and in the house as well, that are, are going to experience an emotional freedom. This is what, this is, the, the Holy Spirit nudged me with this as I was preparing for the close. And I, I feel like this is what he said, and it's a specific word to, to probably multiple people. And here's what it is. You, you had an emotion. So you had the emotion of fear or you had the emotion of sadness. It's not wrong. It's normal. We all, we all experience a variety of emotions on any, any given day. But watch this. You had an emotion, but now the emotion has you. And, you can, and you're locked in. Man, I felt fear, but now fear has me. I felt sadness, but pastor, now I can't, I feel trapped. You don't feel quarantined in your house. You feel quarantined in your head. You feel claustrophobic. But I wanna remind you right now that the God who is not limited by physical distance is making his way right now right now by the power of the Holy Spirit into your hospital room, into your seat, into Davidson, into wherever you're watching from. And right now in the name of Jesus, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Come on, can you believe if you don't need this miracle right now, would you believe with me? Would you believe with me that miracles, unusual miracles are getting ready to happen in the name of Jesus in hospital rooms? The disease is leaving your body right now in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus receive an unusual miracle. And I speak over somebody's mind and over somebody's emotions that you feel quarantined in your head, you feel claustrophobic. I believe that the unusual power of God right now is freeing you in the name of Jesus and that evil spirit is leaving you. It is fleeing you. It is out of your house in the name of Jesus. Come on, I need you to chase anxiety out of there. I need you to chase fear out of there. I need you to chase depression out of there. Right now, unusual miracles. God, I declare over this, Concord, would you stand in the house? Davidson, would you stand in the house would you lift your hands right now can we believe for a season God I ask you for a season of the unusual I pray for a season of the unusual I pray the unusual would become usual in the name of Jesus I release unusual faith within you church if you're open to the Lord using your hands like he used the apostles, Paul, apostle Paul's hands, I just want you to keep your hands in the air right now. God, use us as arrows. We're your arrows. God, shoot us. Let us fly. Oh, God, we say yes.
we say yes we say yes in the name of Jesus we speak a season of the unusual in Jesus name in Jesus name you can put your hands down here's what I want to encourage you because some of you are already you're already experiencing a miracle I want you to testify the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by our testimony when you begin to get free I want you to hop on your computer and email amen at CFA church I want you to testify of that miracle and say God set me free from he's healing my disease he's healing my whatever it is and we're going to begin to testify about these things come on you're going to keep around record of these things aren't you church nod your heads at me yes you're going to have something in your phone you're going to begin to believe for the unusual God you're going to do something unusual in my family God you're going to begin to do something unusual in me and through me and here's the final thing you know you know the um, the most unusual miracle ever is that Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me despite your past and your present and your future the most amazing the most unusual miracles that Jesus loves you and I want to lead somebody right now into that love of Jesus one more time with heads bowed and eyes closed you would say something like this pastor I feel like I'm walking around but I'm not awake I feel like I'm going through the motions but I'm not alive and I need Jesus to come breathe his breath of life into my heart and my lungs so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. I'm going to pray out loud and you pray with me and watch a miracle. This is the best miracle is you're going to go from death to life. Come on, people in the house. Pray this out loud with me, everybody watching online. Pray this in Jesus' name. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I know I'm a sinner, but I come to the cross and I receive forgiveness. Jesus, come into my life so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name, come on, if you're ready for the unusual, say amen and give them praise in the house today.